0: Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 14, which was written by Steve Orlando with art penciled by Jose Luis, inked by Norm Rapman, and colored by Michael Antia. The description for this issue reads: quote, Supergirl meets the new Superman. To help get her amplified powers under control, Supergirl will need to travel to China and train under Ai Ching and Kong Keenan for help. But when an international threat hits the city before her training is complete, is Supergirl ready to save the world? Unquote. So, Morgan, uh, this issue took place... In China. It did indeed. That was a a refreshing location. It was a new location for Rebirth, and we got to meet some new people. So um, I guess we can start uh, by talking uh, about—I think this is how you pronounce it. If I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, someone let me know. But uh, the character's name is Kong Keenan. Or as he would be uh, known in our Western uh, notation, or you know, our American way of thinking, Kenan Kong. Uh, what did what did you uh, think about getting to meet this uh, new Chinese Superman? So I didn't know anything about this character. Um, so
1: this was my first introduction to him, and I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't uh, I didn't realize that he existed before. Um, do you know
0: what like the backstory with? What this character is. The only thing that I knew, I, I was just kind of briefly going through the uh, we since we uh, referenced DCWikia dot uh, com a, a lot on Supergirl <laughs> Radio. I feel like uh, you know we owe them some mini shout outs because we do uh, use their services quite a bit. But um, I just know that he, I, I want to say he is. Uh, just kind of recently come into the comics from uh, September 2016. So he's a relatively new character. And um, from what I gathered, he started out as kind of a, like a selfish character. He wasn't the best of characters, and he, he ended up kind of sticking up for somebody. And so then he has Superman's powers and all of this kind of stuff because comics – um, so he, he gets these abilities and kind of becomes the Chinese, uh, Superman.
1: Yeah. I was wondering how he got the, the Superman power. So he's not Kryptonian. No, that was my confusion. I think I was like, I just, I think of the super family, the supers, if you will, uh, plural, uh, as being like the Kryptonian, like Kal-El and Kara and, you know, all
0: of those people from Krypton. So, I was like is he from Krypton too? Okay, so it sounds like he might have gotten powers from a dead Kryptonian. <laughs> is that right? It suddenly got it suddenly got very dark. <laughs> so there was a Superman of China project.
1: Hmm, so is he like a government experiment?
0: Yeah, so he he started out as a school bully in Shanghai. And, uh, so it says his favorite victim was a boy whose father was CEO of an airline that his mother was flying on when she died and he blamed, and he blamed the boy's family for it. So that's why he was bullying this kid is because he, he blamed his family for his mother's death. And then, um, one day after taking the boy's lunch, he was attacked by the supervillain blue condor and, uh, he threw a, he threw a cola can at the assailant and flew away this attracted the attention of several. Un- so then he has this like reporter in his life named uh, Lani or Lonnie Lan. No, this is kind of like his <laughs> Lois Lane.
1: Oh God! I mean, you really. I feel like
0: y- you can't just
1: you can't just give the, her basically a Lois Lane type name. Like that's at least pick a different a, a different letter. Like there are so many other letters
0: besides L. It is tradition that in super in a superman's life that he he does have uh ladies in his life named L L. Lois Lane, Lana Lang, Lori Lamaris. I was gonna be like, do you think that he also dated a mermaid? Like what do you think are the the odds? I mean, there's some good odds. I mean there's a lot of ocean <laughs> in the world on the planet. <laughs> That's true. That there is. <laughs> I'm sure there is a is a uh mermaid in Atlantis who uh wants to uh, meet the Chinese Superman. Um, so there is that. Um, and it says, uh, this other, so the com seems to be a little more helpful, um, on Keenan. Um, so it says something about at the Chinese Ministry of Self Reliance building, Keenan was put into a small chamber that gave him the powers of the American Superman. So I think he was some sort of project. Interesting. He was some sort of, uh, in some sort of scientific experiment that gave him Superman's powers, so uh yeah, so that's how he ended up with the chinese superman, but he he was a new character for me. I didn't know much about him, so i'm I'm interested in going back and trying to read more uh stories with him because I, I don't, it probably is not that much since he's only been around for about two years. yeah, I wouldn't imagine that there's a ton with him i I liked him in this issue though i I definitely
1: came out of it wanting to learn more about him
0: oh for sure and i i thought on a uh a, a, an appearance level i thought he had some great hair oh yeah i was struck by how great his hair was um but i also really liked his interaction with supergirl i thought it was cute that like at the very beginning of the issue we learned that uh, Kara supergirl can speak mandarin and she's been studying other earth languages uh she's She's uh, gotten a little bit better at English, but uh, she says that she's pretty bad at most languages. She's using some contractions now, I've noticed. She has moved forward to using contractions now. So she's getting a little bit better at English, but she's, you know, crushing it with Mandarin. She had no problem with Mandarin. She's been able to speak with Keenan, And uh, so it was cool to see them sort of palling around together. And um, so Keenan goes to introduce Kara to his mentor— his trainer, his teacher, named I Ching. What did you think about uh, I Ching and the the training that he gives uh, to Kara?
1: The name made me raise my eyebrows a little bit. Like I was like, really, I Ching? Because I know that the I Ching is. Um, I I had to Google it because I, I I remember vaguely um, learning about it in college, but not remembering a whole ton about it. But it's a uh, it's known as the Book of Changes. It's um, like an ancient Chinese um, book, and it's really well known. It's a Chinese classic. And so naming him Ather, one of the Chinese classics just felt much like the double LL reporter. I'm a little lazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was a like, little a on re- the really?
1: nose. It's a little on the nose. Just a, just a bit on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> It would be like if they were, you know, if they were meeting somebody in like a Christian kind of connotation. And it was
0: like this is my mentor, Bible. Um his, his first name is New and his last name is Testament. T- Testament. Uh, yes. Um yeah, no, I can I can understand that that would be a little strange. It's like it's on his driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I can understand that that would be um a little strange. Um, I, I liked I Ching. Again, I thought his look was cool. I thought everybody looked great in this issue. I know we'll get to the artwork at some point in this episode, but I just, everybody looks stellar in this issue. Oh, yeah. Um, and I Ching had a really cool look. Um, and what I was struck by with him is that he, um... He was very, and I I guess this sort of makes sense uh, for his character, but he was very spiritual in in the sense that he was trying to get Kara to um, find her, and I I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, Chi, um, even though it's spelled Q-I. Is that correct? Do you know? I believe that is how it's spelled. I mean, it's how I was pronouncing it in my head. I think that's
1: right. Definitely accurate.
0: (laughs) But, like, he was trying to get her to understand this this principle of... um, Chinese culture, which talks about, you know, the chi that's this vital, vital force that forms every living thing. And then she has to kind of tap into that in order to help with this situation, with her powers kind of going out of control. And she has to, um, and what I liked, uh, about what he said is that she has to come down to earth. She has to, um not be so much you know trying to get to heaven like Keenan is um because Keenan is trying to increase his powers and I Ching tells her to uh do the reverse so that she can decrease and I thought that that was really interesting the way that they went about that I thought um his his talking about trying to k- kind of uh harness her chi in that way I thought was um, actually kind of a clever way to go about that because she has been going through this situation where she's 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 gone through that surgery to try to fix what um uh, the fatal five did to her and so this is another way of going about it uh, you know she tried the science thing but uh kryptonian science earth science may not always be the the way to fix something and so um I, I thought it was a, a neat way to go about it in a in a different way and
1: what I really liked is um i I can't I'm looking going to look up the page number so I can cite it correctly. It was on uh, page 7 and it they, there's like a close up of the the super house of L symbol um, and he describes it as a map uh, symbolizing the winding path we must all walk from heaven to uh, from earth to heaven, which I thought was a really cool. Because if you do kind of look at the S, it's it does go from the bottom all the way up to the top. So I was I thought that was really cool, and it does wind around.
0: Yeah, I liked that too. And it, it, even even though I did not like this scene in the Justice League movie, it did remind me of. Um, Superman comparing the S to a, like a winding river, so there is something to be said about how the you know there's there's a path that goes along the S, and so you could apply that to many different things. And uh, I I did like that that he he sort of likened it as a map, and that was something that could kind of help her her know where to go. And um and he even says something about how your people the Kryptonians knew of Chi um and they thought it uh that it was probably intuitive because um the the S and everything that she stands for with the symbol of hope is the embodiment of the Chi according to I Ching so I thought that that was cool that he he found common ground with her in a way to help her understand what he was trying to train her in and trying to help her um understand so that he could help her figure out her problem, which I think she does kind of harness that and she does learn from it uh, by the end of the issue. Yeah. And I also like that he was telling her, you know, your problem is that
1: you're so tuned in to every little thing and you're hearing all the sounds of like, you know, the problems that are going on in the world, but you're not listening to yourself. Yeah. I thought that that was a really, uh, like a really powerful statement for her that she is trying to fix all this other stuff but she's not fixing herself and she had to really listen to herself um to get through this let uh, this power situation that she's in
0: yeah and uh they they uh Cara even talks about how like sometimes in the long run you have to give up a little power to gain even more power. And so I, I think she she learns a lot of lessons in this issue, which is what I liked about it, I think, is because she found something about herself. She learned something about herself. She um, learned a lesson in terms of her powers and kind of how to be a better hero. And so I, I think the Supergirl stuff in this was was really good because it seemed like it progressed her character um, a lot in terms of where she is as a hero, especially, especially after what has occurred in in rebirth, up until this point, she's had all that sh- those shenanigans with her father, with the <laughs> the Kryptonian zombies, and then she had all of that stuff that happened with the Fatal Five and um, some of the destruction of National City and Indigo trying to take over. And like she's she's gone through a lot of stuff. And so this is—I I think this was a good way for her to go out. She kind of has a little bit of a vacation. She goes and meets some new friends. She sees some sights. She sees some sights. She uh, learns about herself, and she also runs into um, a Russian uh, guy in the um, the Rocket Red Brigade, who we've briefly mentioned on Supergirl Radio before. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember. Uh, this mention, but um, I remember running across that for the Psy character spotlight. Um, there's one of the issues where Psy ends up dying. Um, she has an encounter with Rocket, the Rocket Red Brigade, so that was familiar. Oh, yeah. When I got into this issue, I was like, oh, I know kind of what that is. Um, so what did you think about that whole situation where um, Keenan and Supergirl have to deal with this uh, Russian guy, and, and that's what takes Kara out of her training is that she she hears all these people and she loses focus and she wants to go help. What did you think about all that?
1: Yeah, so I did not remember the Rocket Red people. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> any of them. I didn't remember any of them. Uh, so I, I was uh, kind of the whole time. It felt like when he introduced himself as like you know, I, I'm a Rocket Red, I, I felt as if I should know what that is. Uh, it's like, oh, so that's a that's a thing. Definitely. That is a thing. I feel like this is a thing. Um, <laughs> but no, I I liked I liked the storyline because uh, I think so much of Kara's journey in this issue is to learn to listen to herself and to like um, be more a little bit more internal. And I thought that this. Their their whole problem was that all these people weren't listening to each other, even though there was a girl in the village that could, uh, or in their in their town that could speak Russian, uh, and so could communicate with him. It just seemed like they were still all like talking past each other and really escalating the situation that d- didn't have to escalate that way. And uh, I think Supergirl kind of got in there and was like, we all have to like listen to each other and we have to power is not the most important thing. Cause he was very obsessed with like, well, I'm the most powerful person here and I have to show you and that kind of stuff. And I think that she took those lessons and realized, you know, power is not just being able to, you know, she fire out of your eyes. It's also being able to listen to other people.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because the locals in that town, they were really scared uh, of this, um, This uh, what was his name? Max Neumax- Maximovich. Oh, I wouldn't even try. <laughs> Komarov. I probably did not uh, pronounce that correctly. Um, people were really scared of him, and they, they took up arms to, to go up against him, and they started shooting bullets, which I thought was really cool that, you know, uh, the, the Chinese Superman and Supergirl um, protected him. And, and there's a really cool um, page that... Um, that shows Keenan, especially blocking all, you know, deflecting all the bullets. Um, I, I thought that was great, but they, um, they get really fearful and, uh, it, it's interesting the way that Supergirl handles it. Cause she doesn't just go and heat vision him, uh, like she wanted to, she, she, her eyes light up, like she's going to throw some heat vision at him, but instead she does the complete opposite of it she uses her her super breath and to to freeze his his exo suit um and so i thought that was a, a clever way to flip the script there where he expected the heat vision but she um used it in a way that um that did something that he did not see coming it, she she ended up actually uh embarrassing him a little bit totally broke the exo suit he's now almost naked and vulnerable <laughs> he has no clothes on Um, so I, I think that that might, uh, say something to the fact that he thought he was very powerful and, you know, he couldn't be stopped. And, and here she was, um, doing something that kind of brought him down to earth And uh, and the only thing that I uh, I I thought that that whole thing that was a really nice sentiment to, you know, have everyone listen to each other and try to kind of take a breath and and see what was going on. Having that that girl like speak Russian to try to communicate with him and, and and form a bond so that he wouldn't feel so threatened and they wouldn't feel so threatened. But the only thing that I was confused about was that at some point after the whole thing with Supergirl. Um, getting rid of his exosuit, they like bring him into their town and sort of adopt him into their community. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was a little confused with that too. First of all, it was really nice of somebody to give him pants, but apparently they did not decide to give him a shirt. Did not want to give him one. <laughs> they were like, you know what? it's been a long day and we need this. You're working without that shirt. Maybe he refused it. Maybe it was, <laughs> maybe really he hot. Was, yeah, maybe it was really hot there. He's like, no, I'm just going to get all sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I will take the pants though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I was a little confused with that too. They, I mean, they do later on there, like we dropped him off, uh, you know, in Russia. <laughs> But, like, first
0: he had to rebuild a house, I guess. I mean, I guess he was so embarrassed about Supergirl doing what she does that he's like, well, I guess I don't have an option. I guess I need to stay here with these people and help them rebuild what I crashed. I don't know. It just wasn't um, made super clear, Um, but I can kind of go with it. I, I just thought, because I, I also didn't know, like, how much time had passed here. Yeah, I was really, I was really,
1: it was kind of jarring. Like, she's talking to him, and then you, you flip the page, and then suddenly they're all building a house together. And I don't, like, like, a, a lady is giving him tea, and the only girl who can speak Russian is, is hanging out with him, just chilling having a good time. It just feels like I missed a panel or like I missed a page where we got to this point. Like it's, it's a lovely sentiment, but uh, it, it
0: was a little, a little, like a little jarring. Yeah. I just feel, it, it feels like we missed a step somewhere, um, which I guess is not necessary, but I, I agree that it's a, it's a little jarring. Um, but, but I like the idea that like he crashed and messed up their town but then by the end of it he is the one who's going to help them rebuild and, and fix it. Um what I did think that was um really interesting in terms of the town is that um the locals they don't like the fact that um Keenan and Kara have come over to their their community. Oh yeah, they weren't fans. They did not <laughs> like them telling them what to do. They were like you don't have any right to handle our business. But at the same time, they did handle their business. So I thought that, that was interesting. But I guess it, at the end, at the end of the whole thing, the community is is decides what they're gonna do with this um this Russian guy and the the rocket red the rocket red guy. I guess they are the ones who decide what's gonna happen to him. So I guess in a way, Supergirl and the and the Chinese Superman didn't handle it. But I, that was also kind of confusing me, to me, too, because it seemed like that was a, a thread that kind of got dropped. I know you only have like 24 or 25 pages to tell these stories, but it just uh, it seemed like it was something that could have been a bigger story. That um got really smushed down. Yeah, I agree. I mean,
1: maybe in exchange for pants, he had to build that one house. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. that was <laughs> that was the trade off. Somebody walked out, and they were like, "These pair, this pair of Levi's are all yours if you help us uh, rebuild that house that you smushed." And he was like, "That seems reasonable. Those are those a." that's a good slim leg (laughs) on those pants and i like it so i'll do it
0: yeah i I just kind of uh think that maybe he didn't have any other options to to get back to where he needed to be so maybe he was uh trying to earn earn a way out
1: it feels like we missed at least one page of negotiating to get to this to this point this like this point where everybody's is Super cool, and there's like even like a dog just like running around in the background. Like maybe that's his new dog friend. I don't know. It just seems really, really happy. And we left off on the the
0: page before that. Uh, he was very angry. Yeah, I guess they uh, they got along uh, pretty quickly after that. Everything was fine. Um, it seems like everybody is uh, working together, which is a nice thing. They're they're building a house. They're taking care of business. All all is well. Um, so I, I think that was part of, uh, you know, part of the point of the issue is that people needed to work together. And I think that that was a great way to, um, it was a good way to show that aspect of it is, you know, people working together to make something happen where you have Cara and Kenan paired up together and they're, they're accomplishing this and kind of taking care of a business together as a, as a, as a partnership, as it were. Um, So I thought that that was a good way to show that. Yeah, speaking of Kara and Keenan, I love that they went out for soup dumplings at the end. Yes, (laughs) that was really cool. I liked um, seeing them get to hang out. You know, Kara actually got to go do something as Kara and not as Supergirl. And she got to be with somebody who um, could know her secret and she could be herself. So I really liked that. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, and so speaking of... People who don't know Kara's identity. We got a little bit of Catco <laughs> at the end of this issue. Um, what do you think is going on there? Uh, I mean, I feel like I don't want to let
1: go of my theory that Cat Grant is actually. Uh, I forget the name of the sorceress. Oh, Selena. <laughs> Selena. Um, but I feel like it's probably not going to work out for me. I'm, I feel like I'm going to have to let it go at some point. But Ben does say she's been acting. Very differently lately. And I heard, I heard like my theory's theme music in the background. I'm like, dun,
0: dun, dun. And I was like, yes, (laughs) I'm not letting it go. I think it's still valid. I think until we are told otherwise, I think it is a perfectly valid theory to think that Selena is still passing herself off as Cat Grant because. Why would you keep mentioning that?
1: That's true. Like they they took great pains to mention that she's been different mm-hmm. since the whole Fatal Five situation. So and she's she's gunning hard for Supergirl, apparently. Which is interesting. I'm wondering what she thinks she has on Supergirl. I did really laugh when she was like, you know, she'll never see it coming. <laughs> As she's saying it to Supergirl.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not going to go well for her. I think Kara is maybe going to know uh, what's up. So, yeah, I think I think Kat thinks that, Kat or Selena, whoever it is, uh, I think she thinks she's got a, a good plan. Uh, but I, I don't know. I have a feeling that Kara is going to see it coming from a mile away. Um, But it was neat for me on a personal level to see Cat Grant's um, ginormous wall of monitors in this (laughs) comic. Uh, That made me very happy. It's now comic book canon. (laughs) It is comic book canon. The wall of monitors. Love it. It's great. Although, she in this issue on page 22, she's not making use of the wall of monitors. I mean, she's got the one big monitor. But if you're going to have a wall of monitors, shouldn't you have something on all the TV screens? I mean, that's how I would live if I had a wall of monitors.
1: It would just be constant, frightening background noise at all times.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would
1: want to see all the channels. Just put them all up there. It would just be like like an ADD nightmare up there. <laughs> just every everyone on a different channel.
0: Yes, I think you need to know everything that's going on, not just that one image of Supergirl, but... That's just me. That's how I would work my wall of monitors. She's like, I'm trying to make a fine dramatic point right now. <laughs> and and if I have the, the Real Housewives on on a different monitor, it's really going to undercut it. It's not going to have the same effect. No. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's uh, foreshadowing something that's going to come. Maybe we're going to get some CatCo story hopefully Uh, in the next uh, issue or the next couple of issues. We'll have to see what happens. Um, uh, So let's talk about the artwork uh, real quick in this issue. Um, Did you have any favorite uh, pages or panels that stuck out to you? So
1: I think one of my favorites was one of the last pages. It's page 21, and it's the one where she's talking about – how she had this conversation with I Ching and asked, you know, M, you know, did I figure out my abilities? And he said he, he wouldn't tell her, but she could tell from his, um, what did she say that she could tell from like his heart and his endorphins that he was like happy. Yeah. Uh, so she assumed that she figured it out, but there's a, a really cool panel of her, like with, uh, like a, picture of her in the background with like a stick and
0: it's everything's all like warm colors and it's really neat. I liked it. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the standout parts of uh, the issue in terms of the art. I think that's her doing the bagua. I um, did not know anything about any of this stuff um, before reading this issue. So I had to do a lot of research (laughs) Um, the Bagua is a Chinese religious motif incorporating the eight trigrams trigrams of the I Ching. Oh, I was wondering what the eight was for. And uh, typically it's arranged octog- octagonally around a symbol denoting the balance of yin and yang or around a mirror. And, um, it's also, um, the Bagua is also a Chinese martial art in which movements are focused in a circle and the defense of eight points around it. So when I was trying to figure out what was going on with this Bagua, trying to understand like, what do you do when you study that? I got, uh, went to YouTube, looked at Bagua tutorials, trying to figure out what it looked like. And, um, it's, it's the, the movements around, like, if you ever see people, um, doing stuff where they're like walking around in a circle and they're changing their hand positions. That's kind, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, but, um, that's sort of what Bagua is. And it's, there's a, there's a circle that you create and you kind of walk around that circle. So when they talk about walking the circle in the issue, that's what they're talking about. It's actually really kind of fascinating. So I think that's what is going on behind her in that, um, in that, that one panel on page. What
1: is that? I think it's 21. Yes,
0: page 21. Um so when she has that big stick, from what I could tell, I'm not an expert. I just went to YouTube. Um but the uh the stick is kind of how they measure how to create that circle um with with people you kind of measure it by your height. And um, then you kind of lay it down on the ground and use the stick to create the circle. So it was actually kind of fascinating to look at. Um, So I learned a lot about the the Bagua stuff and um, the the I Ching and the Chi. So I thought this uh, this issue had a a lot of good things that I enjoyed learning about. Um, But that page, definitely a standout. Um, uh, For me... I really liked page 13 in that top panel where Keenan is deflecting um the bullets. I counted that he's like deflecting or catching 8 bullets at a time, which I thought was really impressive. That is a really cool panel. I like how how you can see his hand motions all over the place. Yeah, it really conveys the the motion of what's happening. Like you can kind of tell what he's doing. Um so I thought that that was really good. And I really liked on page 18 where you get to see the panel of Supergirl freezing And she's kind of just tipping the ice, like she's just kind of breaking it with her fingertip, Um, like it's no big deal. Like, we've even seen Supergirl do that on the TV show, where she just kind of flicks it a little bit and breaks it. So I I always like it when Supergirl gets to do that kind of stuff. Um, But I, I thought everybody looked really cool in this issue, like I said, like page six, where we get that first look at I Ching. I thought he looked awesome. Uh, so there was some really great reveals and getting to introduce these characters and getting to see really good looks at who they are. Um, so I thought the art in this one was great. Um, what are, what are your overall thoughts about uh, Supergirl number 14? Yeah,
1: I liked it. I liked going to a, a different location and sort of diving into a little bit of a different story, um, like you mentioned. And um, I thought one of the things I thought was really cool about this issue was how, they dealt with all the language differences, um, which is that they color coded them all. Yes. So Russian is purple and Mandarin is blue, but the the what the villagers are speaking is uh is like a like a yellow, like an orangey color. It was neat. It was uh, I mean, and and then um, English, I suppose, is, is black, but. Um, the way that they did it made made it easy to figure out what when they are going back and forth between different languages. Like, uh, and one panel in what page is this? Uh, page ten, uh, I Ching goes back goes from English to Mandarin in like the same speech bubble. Oh yeah, and you can see it because it's it starts out black and then goes into the blue. And I thought that was really cool. I think that you know in a in a medium like comics it can be hard to tell if somebody's speaking a different language or you know they're not understanding each other but you want to you want the audience to be able to understand what people are saying and this is this was a good way of doing it is to just color code all the different languages um and oh uh, the orange was mongolian um which there's a there's a little note um and a little editorial note and but like once you once you see that little editorial note it's. It was super easy for me to remember, too. I didn't have to, like, think about, oh, oh what colors is this supposed to be again because of the context of the, the issue. So I thought that that was really cool how they did that.
0: Yeah, that that's a great catch about I Ching kind of going from one language to the other. That That is really slick. Um, and I thought that that was a great way to um, put the reader, at least for me, um, personally speaking, put, puts me in the location, puts me in the setting, and uh really makes me uh understand that there's there's a language barrier that's happening in this story. That's why everybody's mad at each other is cuz they don't I mean partially cuz they don't understand what's going on. So I think that that can happen sometimes when you when you can't communicate with someone and everybody thinks everybody else is scary, that's that's when things can get out of hand. So um I, I think the language part of that is is what uh leads to some of those troubles. So um yeah, that's it's actually really clever and I agree that it was pretty easy to follow once once you understand the context and the in the note there. Um there was actually another editorial note that I thought was really funny. So they talk about um how Supergirl has lost her her ability to kind of control her powers. It was talking about her, what she did for her father. Crap, where was it? Oh, now, yeah. Where did I see that?
1: Oh, here it is. It's it's on page I think it's twenty twenty
0: two. Uh, but this, but she only did it because it's her dad! Exclamation point! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that that was really funny. The the way they kind of were like. She was really doing it because she wanted to help her dad. I, I thought that that was... Um, I, that's how I read it in my head, actually. Um, so I thought that that was uh, pretty great. It always
1: cracks me up when they have, like, editorial notes in, in the comics that, that have their own, like,
0: perspective on things. Yeah, and, and it's it's true. I mean, it's, it's fair. You know, she was trying to help her dad. So um, I'm glad to have that reinforced by the notes. But yeah, I would agree. I thought it was... Um, uh it was nice to get out of national city a little bit and and remember that supergirl is a character who can do this kind of thing she can get up and go fly somewhere and and go meet somebody in a different country and speak their language cuz she's super smart and she can do these things so it's uh, it's kind of refreshing to get to see her do something uh, like that because it reminds me that she can do those kinds of things. And I think we should mention, um, since we kind of, uh, glossed over it a little bit, but she does at the very beginning of this issue, Car goes to hang out with Cal because she, uh, she initially is like, I just want to be around people who I can't break. I can't harm anybody. And so she knows that she can be around family.
1: Also, I almost forgot there was a streaky reference
0: in this comic. Oh, did you pick up on that? Mm-hmm. I did indeed. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Cal is uh, Cal and Car are hanging out, and I don't know if you noticed, but they're like sitting on the edge of a fiery volcano oh i definitely did not notice that <laughs> yes which i thought was like well i mean why not if you could i mean they can fly so if they needed to get out of trouble they could get out of there really quickly and also they're invulnerable so like why not volcanoes are not gonna hurt them so no big deal uh, but i was just like mm, that seems like uh i don't know do kryptonians get hot <laughs> do they do they sweat Uh, uh, Email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com if (laughs) if you know if Kryptonians can sweat. Email us your theories or your knowledge. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just like, why a volcano? I don't know. Um, But they're hanging out at this volcano, and they're talking about – uh that Cara doesn't want to hurt anybody with her powers going out of control. And so I, I thought that was a really sweet thing that she, she saw that as a safe place for herself to be around family. And I really did enjoy this issue. Uh, it was nice to get out of National City and kind of get to hang somewhere else and get to see Superman, we got to uh, meet some new characters, a Chinese Superman that I had never met before, um, so it was neat to learn about him, and, uh, and seeing Carl meet some new friends was pretty cool too. So um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Supergirl number 14. It was a fr- refreshing change of pace, I guess you could say. Um, okay, well, I think that's gonna do it for our thoughts on this issue, Supergirl number fourteen. If you've already picked up this uh this one, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number fourteen is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app as
1: well as as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and
0: at readdcentertainment.com. Is that as much as the DC TV podcast plug? Do you feel like that's as bad? <laughs> No, no, it's way less than all the, all the, the DC TV podcasts. Because I know, I know listeners, uh, uh, have approached this subject. Listeners have run to my defense. <laughs> <laughs> of, of you being, uh, of, of these lists being, uh, um, thrown on you, uh, as your responsibility to read, uh, so let me know if I need to shorten that, if you if that feels like a burden. It's fine. I, I, take, I
1: take on the res- the mantle of this responsibility <laughs> very seriously.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm glad to hear that because you'll have to read another one. Very excited. Yes. Uh, we'll get there. Um, but if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can... Allow Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. I actually um, posted some things uh, this uh, just recently. um, I did a little test with. uh, I went to go visit my mom, and she has an Alexa in her house, and I tested out uh, the ability to play Supergirl Radio using the Alexa, which uh, seems a little lazy. (laughs) But if you if you had one, why not? Why not use it? So. So if you just say, uh, Alexa, play Supergirl Radio podcast, it will play. And I'm sure if someone is listening to Supergirl Radio right now, your Alexa just started playing an episode of the podcast um, because if it hears your voice, it will do it. Um, so you're welcome if, uh, your Alexa just randomly started playing. Um, but, uh, so you can see that on the Instagram, um, as well as my Twitter. I think I posted it to Twitter, but, um, so you might see all kinds of silly things like that on our Instagram. So you should follow us on Instagram. Uh, you can also listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. We've got episodes there as well as a musical playlist. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. And if you need any of these links, we've got them uh, for you on the right side of our page uh, if you go to SupergirlRadio.com. Supergirl Radio
1: is part of the DCTV Podcast Network, so if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Zombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and classic DC TV shows, you can subscribe to DCTV podcasts on Apple
0: Podcasts and follow at DCTV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook. I think I know what your secret is. You separate them out. You take them as an individual thing. I think that's that's a good way of going about it. It doesn't seem as much if you break it. You got to break it down.
1: You got to break it down. You got to take. You got to take a a deep breath. (laughs) Much like Kara in this issue, I had to find the strength in myself all along (laughs) 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 to get through the list. I just believed in myself really hard during during that.
0: <laughs> you've you've gone through your training and you've you've gotten to a place where you um feel more at peace and you've you've found your chi. Did I not tell you about that trip I just took to China? <laughs> <laughs> Super secret trip to China so you could um read that paragraph um in the in the best way possible. Uh it's it was worth it. It paid off. Um well if you want to follow me personally, uh you can do that uh on Twitter. I'm at DerbyKid and uh, I'm also on Instagram at the DerbyKid. That's uh T H E D R B Y K I D. There's a little little change there um from my Twitter account. And you can also check out some videos of mine over youtube.com forward slash duck milk prod. Um and I thought it was really funny this week. Um that it turns out... So I made a video like 11 months ago about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And in the video, I talk about the horses in that movie and the the way that they um symbolize death and how it's tied into a verse in the book of revelation in the bible and how um you know it ties into the characters having nightmares and all this kind of thing and it was confirmed as being correct uh on Vero on the Vero platform by director Zack Snyder and I was like see I'm not totally crazy I've been talking about that for like a year and a half so maybe uh yeah Pay, pay attention to those videos on Duck Milk Pride. Maybe they have <laughs> something to teach you. Um, so that made my day, um, uh, getting to see that maybe there was something to all those horses in that movie. Um, they don't just appear randomly. They have a meaning. Um, so I thought that was really cool. You can find that video. If you're interested in the horses and what they mean, you can go to youtube.com forward slash duck milk prod. Um, I'm also a contributor to JLU podcast, which you can find over at dot We're talking about Wonder Woman still and uh, Justice League, so we've got some analysis over there. And sometimes you can hear my voice, uh, which right now is a little—I feel like—is a little muffled because my nose is stuffed up. But uh, you can you can hear my voice over there as well.
1: And you can find me on Twitter um, and Instagram too uh, at MojoTastic M O J O T A S T I C. Uh, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, where we are um, uh, getting into the, the into a regular schedule just as the uh, season is ending. So, <laughs> so you know, we like to keep it we like to keep it fresh for you. You think. I don't know when this podcast is going to pop up. And now we're like, maybe it's going to be consistent. And then you're like, cool. And it's like, oh, the season's over. <laughs> we like to keep you guys on your toes. Um, if you would like to hear a great email about Elvis, you should 100%... Listen to last week's episode of Legends of Tomorrow. The email writer is our own Rebecca Johnson.
0: Well, I appreciate you reading it. Uh, I know it was very heavily notated and sourced. We appreciated it. I wanted to share some of those thoughts that I had about Elvis. And I was appreciative that uh, the Legendary Ladies took the time to read my email. Uh, It was the first time uh, sending in some feedback Uh, but I, you know, I don't, I don't watch the show, so I can't comment on the show. (laughs) First, first time writing in, long time listener, never time watcher. (laughs) (laughs) Never time watcher. Um, so you can, you can definitely never watch the show at all but still send an email to the podcast. We like emails. We'll read them. Don't, don't you fret now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've got a question like what is Legends of Tomorrow? We'll answer it for you. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> well, I, I appreciate just on a selfish level that uh, my Google Docs, have become uh, legendary in and of themselves.
1: Your Google Docs get many mentions on
0: the Legends of
1: Tomorrow podcast because our Google Docs um, are often thrown together about five minutes before we record
0: (laughs) and reflect it in in many ways. But I think that's part (laughs) of the charm of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, So I I think that that is perfectly... um, uh, acceptable. It's your style. It's your, it's your, it's your way of doing things. Stick with what works for you. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of funny to to hear those mentions. Not, not that that's why I listen to the podcast. Rebecca's like, I only started listening when I found out you guys mentioned me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally not why. But I stuck around to argue with you guys about Elvis. But I mean, that is fun for me. Uh, so, so I can't, I can't deny it. Um, but yeah, y'all y'all do a great job over there. Um, so definitely go check it out. Um, even though uh, Supergirl is going to be uh, kicking Legends of Tomorrow out pretty soon, looking forward to that. Yeah, because we'll be getting a new Supergirl. So it's a, it's a silver lining for me because I lose Legends of Tomorrow, but I gain Supergirl back. Well, you would still have that that time with Legends of Tomorrow. You you would still have had that time. So um, so that's good um, and and we'll talk about some of the news that came out about the CW shows um, when Supergirl comes back. We'll save some of that news um, for our regular episodes but um uh, but I think that's going to do it for uh, this uh, issue uh, this issue of Supergirl rebirth and this episode of Supergirl Radio Rebirth. so thanks for hanging out and and joining with us as we read through Supergirl Rebirth. <music>